This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. There was once a poor Jew who lived on a field in a small house rented from the local landlord. This poor Jew and his wife had one child, a boy. And the landlord really liked having this Jew and his family on his property. He treated them kindly and would bring them gifts every now and then, and really treated the father like a good friend. And then, tragically, one day, as it happened sometimes, the father passed away, leaving a young widow and his young boy. And the widow, the mother and the wife, was so heartbroken when her husband died that she also died, chas v'shalom. And her son was left without any parents. But the landlord, he loved the parents and he loved the boy. And not having a family of his own, he decided to adopt the boy as his own child. And since he was so young, he didn't know his parents. The only father he ever knew was the landlord, his adopted father. And he treated the boy whose name was Yosele like his own son, like his own flesh and blood. Didn't bother him at all that the boy was Jewish. He took him to church. He fed him treif. He dressed him in the finest clothes and sent him to the finest schools. And one day, as Yosele is playing with some of the local boys, one of the boys got angry at him and he called him a Jew. He called him a dirty Jew. And Yosele, not knowing that he was Jewish, didn't understand why this boy would call him something like that. So Yosele ran back to his father, and he says, Father, I don't understand. The boy called me a dirty Jew. And the father said to his adopted son, Don't pay any attention to them. He didn't mean it. You're my own flesh and blood. You're my only relative, my only child. You know that you're the only heir to all of my property, all of my buildings, vineyards, all of my lakes and forests, everything. It's all in your name. So what difference does it make if some little boy calls you a Jew? What difference does it make? You're one of us. But Yosele says to his father, Please, tell me the truth. Am I really a Jew? And the father said, No, you're my son. I'm not a Jew, and you're not a Jew. But Yosele couldn't get it out of his mind. Why would this boy call him a dirty Jew if he wasn't really a Jew? And he kept saying to his father, Please, it doesn't make any sense. You have to tell me the truth. And after enough time, The foster father had to admit that he wasn't actually his own flesh and blood. But both of his parents had passed away when he was just a tiny boy. And so he adopted Yosele and treated him as his own. So Yosele said to his father, please tell me more about my parents. What can you tell me about them? He said, your parents were very honest and hardworking people, but they had no money. They were so poor. They didn't leave you anything. The only thing they left you was an old book in an old ragged sack. And Yosele says to his father, Can I please see them? And the father goes, Brings this old book in this worn down little sack. And when the boy takes the book out, he sees that it's a machzor, it's a prayer book for the high holidays. And although it's all written in Hebrew, On the title page, it says in Russian what the book is. And inside the worn out bag is a shawl, a talis, with the tzitziot, 
and it's old and worn down as well, and it has strange letters on it. But Yosele knows these belong to his parents, and he took the machzor and the talis in its bag and put it in a special hidden spot in his room. And every night he would take them out and look at them and smell them and try to imagine his parents. And one day Yosele is playing in the street, and he notices there's some Jewish families on wagons ready to start a trip. So he goes over to them. He says, are you going to the fair? And they said, no, Yosele, we're going to a nearby village because it's almost the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. And he said, what is Rosh Hashanah? What does that mean? And they said, it means that it's the Jewish day of judgment, the new year for the Jews, that God has holy books in heaven. And he opens up the books and sees all of the deeds that every Jew has done over the past year. And he judges each person individually. Then the family realized they probably overstepped their bounds. They're telling Yosele too much. And he might go back to his foster father and discover that he's a Jew. And they'd get in trouble. So they wished him a farewell. And they got in their wagons and rode away. Now Yosele's heart was pounding. The Jews have holidays, and the day of judgment for the Jews is coming, and I don't know anything. He went back home and took out his machzor and his talis, and he fell asleep with them next to his head. And that night, a man comes to him in a dream, and he says, My son, I'm your father. Yosele, you're a Jew. You need to go to shul, to the synagogue, and pray with the other Jews. And don't worry if you don't know anything. I promise you, God will listen to your prayers. And Yosele woke up in a cold sweat. <gasps> and he kissed the machzor and the talis. And he said, Hashem, please, you have to help me. I don't understand what's going on with me. And the next night, he had another dream. And this time, his mother appeared to him in the dream. And she said, my sweetest, dearest son, Yosele, you're a Jew. In your place is amongst your brothers and sisters, the Jewish people and not in the house of the Gentile landowner, even though he's a very good, sweet man, and he's taking care of you. Today is Rosh Hashanah all over the world, and even up here in heaven. Go and join your brothers for Rosh Hashanah. It's not too late. And so Yosele woke up in the morning, and he was scared to tell his foster father what had happened. But then his father went hunting, and Yosele was left all alone, and he's thinking about the dreams in his parents. And he makes up his mind. He grabbed his two most prized possessions, the talis and the machzor. He left a note for his father. Father, I'm going on a journey to discover my Jewish roots. I promise you I'm okay and I'll be fine. And I'll come back afterwards. Don't worry about me. And he ran out of the house. He ran through all the fields. He ran in the forests. He only stopped every now and then to rest a little bit. And he kept walking for many days until he finally reached a city. When Yosele reaches the city, he says to people, Is there a synagogue here? Are there Jews here? And they said, No. But they said, Not far from here, there's another city. And there there's Jews. So tired and broken, he reaches the other city just after the sun is setting. And he goes into the shul, and it's a large room, and everyone is dressed in white. It was now Erev Yom Kippur, the night of Yom Kippur. And the congregation was singing Kol Nidre. <laughs> Yosele 
Yosef was listening to the davening, listening to the melody, and he felt his heart crying for Hashem. He was overflowing with emotions and a desire to be part of the congregation. He wanted to daven with everyone, but he didn't know how. And his pain shook the heavens. And that night on Yom Kippur, in Mejibuz, the Hedeg Baal Shem Tov was also bringing in the holiday. And as he stood in the base midrash, wrapped in his talus and kittel, the Hasidim could see that something was wrong. Something was troubling their Rebbe, and they could see it on his face, but they were too scared to ask him. And the congregation sang Kol Nidre, and all of the davening on the night of Yom Kippur. And the whole time the Hasidim are watching the Baal Shem Tov's face, and he has a pained expression on his face. And then, towards the end of the davening, a huge smile comes across his face. The rest of Yom Kippur, the Baal Shem Tov davened as usual with his holy fire and was smiling the whole time. And Motzei Yom Kippur, after Kiddush Levana, after blessing the new moon, the Baal Shem Tov says to the Hasidim, you probably wonder why I had this worried look on my face. And then a big smile afterwards, and they kept smiling through the whole Yom Tov. So now I'll share with you, my sweetest friends, there was an orphaned boy who was taken in by the landowner on the land where his parents lived. And he was raised as a non-Jew and then discovered that he was Jewish. And he took his parents, Machzor and Talis, and walked for an entire week until he got to shul. And he hears the davening and he wants to participate with everyone, but he doesn't have the words. And at some point, he opens the Machzor and holds it in his hands, and he says, Master of the universe, I don't know how to pray, or what to say, or what to ask for. I don't know what it is to be a Jew, but God, I have this prayer book, and it belonged to my father and mother, and I wish I knew what to say, but this prayer book has everything in it, all the letters and all the words, so I'm begging you, Hashem, please arrange the letters and words into my prayer. And then he put his face into the machzor and cried and cried until the pages of the machzor were soaking wet. And at that point, there were tears in the eyes of the Hasidim of the Baal Shem Tov. And they said, Rebbe, but what will be with this boy? And the Rebbe said, I've already taken care of it. And of course, the boy came back home. Yosele came back home to his father. But he was changed and he seeked a teacher. And the Baal Shem Tov had sent one of his young Hasidim who shows up one day at the house of the landlord. And when the landlord sees a proper Jew standing at his door, he calls Yosele and he says, Yosele, apparently God listens to your prayers. And this Hasid and Yosele sat and learned for many months until eventually with the father's permission, Yosele came to Mejibuz and learned with the Baal Shem Tov and eventually became a rabbi who taught other Jews. And he would always say, now that I've learned so much, and I can read the davening, and I understand the davening, every year when Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur come, I say to Hashem, please take the letters and the words of this machzor and turn them into the prayers of my heart and bless us all with a good and sweet new year. My good job is good job Good job.
have one more story for you, my sweetest friends. Many years ago, there was a simple Jew from Morocco who wanted to make Aliyah, who wanted to move to the land of Israel. But he had one serious problem. He never learned how to read or write. He couldn't even identify the letters of the alphabet. And when he told his friends that he was going to move to Israel, they told him, listen, everyone there can read and write. There's no way someone's going to hire you for a job without you being able to read or write. And this simple Jew decided to ask the Baba Meir, Rab Meir Abu Chatzera, what he suggested. And the Baba Meir said, You have nothing to worry about, my sweetest friend. Go to the land of Israel and remember that a Kadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem himself, sustains every living being. He feeds all of the animals, and the animals can't read or write. He can feed and support you as well. And the Baba Meir saw that this Jew was still not so confident. So he said to him, My sweetest friend, if Hashem wants, He can send you your parnasa, your livelihood. Not just despite the fact that you can't read and write, but because you can't read and write. And this simple Jew says, Amen. And he had faith in the tzaddik, the great Mekubal, the great Kabbalist. So this simple Jew trusted in the Baba Meir and moved to Eretz Yisrael. And he found a place to live. And not having any work, he went to the unemployment office and asked for a job. And as he was waiting in the long line, he saw many people that were younger than him, but of course could read and write, and even had real education. And he started doubting again if he had made the right decision. He said to himself, who would want to hire me over these intelligent, talented people? But then he reminded himself that he had a blessing from the Baba Mayor. And when his turn finally arrived, the clerk who was taking care of him, he said, no, what's with you? He said, I just came from Morocco and I'm looking for work. And then after a short pause, he said, and unfortunately, I can't read or write. So the clerk writes everything down. And then the simple Jew, he says, why did I have to say that? Why does he care if I know how to read or write? So somebody could figure it out later. But then he reminded himself, put my faith in Hashem and the tzaddik. I have a bracha. I came here with faith, knowing that if Hashem can sustain animals that can't read and write, he can certainly sustain me, a Jew in the land of Israel. Hashem will provide my parnasa. And early the next morning, there was a ring at this simple Jew's house. And he answers the phone. And they say, we're calling from the Ministry of Defense. We want you to come here as soon as possible for a work interview. But at first, this Jew thought it was a joke. And he said, no, 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 we're very serious. We saw your qualifications and we'd like to talk with you. So he was certain this was a mistake because he had no qualifications. Maybe somebody mixed something up in the office. Who knows what? But he figured, I don't have anything to lose, so I'll go for the interview. And they'll discover it's the wrong person. Maybe they have a cleaning job for me there. So he gets to the interview, and he's told to wait in a waiting room until it's his turn. And he sat there for a very long time. For three hours, actually. And for three hours, he can't understand why no one's calling him in for the interview. And he was ready to get up and leave. And when he does, somebody finally comes out of the room and says, please, we'd like you to come for an interview. And they invite him into a different room. And there's an officer sitting there. And he says to this Jew, please tell me your story. He said, well, I just moved here from Morocco. And you know, I didn't really get an education. I never went to school. When I was young, I just started working. And before I realized it, I was grown up and I never learned to read or write. And I did try, but I wasn't able to get the shapes of the letters, and I just gave up. What was the point? So the officer stands up, 
and extends his hand to the simple Jew. And he says, you're hired to work here in the Department for the Development of Advanced Weapons. And this Jew, he says, what in the world am I going to do here? And the officer was very serious. And he said, your job is to shred piles of secret documents and make sure that nobody sees them. So this simple Jew was amazed. Why would this special department want to hire him? But it was only after he started working there that he understood. The department produced huge amounts of secret documents, and they didn't know what to do with them all. And since the staff was full of highly trained engineers, and their time was very valuable, they couldn't waste it on shredding paper. On the other hand, they couldn't just hire somebody simple because they would see all the military secrets. And then somebody came up with the idea, if they could hire someone who couldn't read or write, that would be the perfect person to shred all the papers. And at first it seemed like an impossible task, because who is there, really, that can't read or write in modern times? This was in the 1950s. But they told the employment agency throughout the whole country, if anyone comes across someone who's illiterate, they should tell them, because there's a job for him. And Hashem had arranged everything, just like the Baba Mayor said, that the defense ministry would come with such a strange request. And here the simple Jew comes looking for the job that was made exactly for him. And after working there for quite a while, he learned why they made him sit and wait for three hours. The army couldn't really believe that there was somebody who couldn't read or write. So they left him in the waiting room for three hours with a bunch of newspapers and books and a hidden camera. And for three hours, they watched him to see if he would start to read. And at one point, this simple Jew was so bored, he picked up the newspaper, but he held it sideways and turned it around. And at some point, he got frustrated and just put it down. And that's when they knew that they had found their man. And this job was very easy. And the work was steady, and it paid a salary that his educated friends could only imagine. And he worked there for his whole life. He got married, had children, had them learn to read and write, and eventually retired with an army pension. But about a month after his retirement, the army called him back. They said, we need you to continue working. We haven't found anyone who can replace you. And they desperately needed his services. And they promised him, we'll pay your pension and a higher salary. And so this simple Jew merited to see the fulfillment of Baba Meir's blessing of his bracha, that it was precisely because he couldn't read or write that he got such a good job. The same Hashem that supports every living thing can also support the simple Jew on the condition that he had faith in Hashem and faith in the tzaddik. May we be blessed, my sweetest friends to come into this new year with such sweetness that we can taste it, with such revealed good that anytime anyone asks us how are we doing, we'll be dancing with joy, thanking Hashem for all the blessings that came our way. We want to bless everyone with good health, parnasa, shalom bayit, chasidish anachas from your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, and that they should have chasidish anachas from you. Bless me back, my sweetest friends, that me and my family should be blessed with the same and many more Hasidic stories. Amen! Amen, brother!
Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. Thank you to all the contributors, everyone, all the listeners. And really, I hope that things just go well for everyone and that you grow spiritually from a longing for Hashem instead of Hashem having to push you up against the wall. Until next year, my sweetest friends, have a Shana Tova Umetuka, a good and sweet new year, and Zai Gesund. Oh, 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 oh,